You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 91 of the Team Stripes Podcast, proudly presented by Acme Whistles, helping you make the big call since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. Acme Whistles, proudly associated with the NHL since 1917. As always, I am joined by Ross. How are you today, Ross? Dude, it's uh, it's great. I'm good. I'm very happy. My season is over. I am done skating until the fall. Um, I plan on doing a little bit of men's league here and there, just like maybe one set a month just to get on the ice. But for the most part, I'm done. So I'm very happy. How are you? Uh, I, I guess I'm jealous of you. Uh, we still, I mean, I, I mean, we just got done state high school last night. We just finished wrapping that up, got to skate that game. And like, I feel like we're in what we're going to be in April and we, I still feel like we're in full swing hockey season. We still have a well, month got, left of the you got natties coming up. You got, the yeah, Nall we have still. nationals. We got the null, yep. the NA three starting their playoffs. I guess it would be this weekend kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel but still mm-hmm. like it feels so far away at this point yeah about the only thing i have left on my calendar is men's nationals um i'm probably gonna put into work the over 40s uh just because that's always a good time yeah it sounds like um it. but yeah like i said i'm done i'm gonna skate sparingly throughout the summer i got some other projects i want to work on um between hockey and a potential internship that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, good times. We got a lot to talk about today. We have an awesome interview that you missed out on, but it's okay. Um, I think all of our uh, weekly listeners are going to love listening to this. Um, this interview, especially to for our female officials, this is going to be awesome. Our guest this week is 2010 Olympian Kelly Ralstad, or Kelly O'Brien was her uh, is her maiden name. Um, so that's the name she went uh, or had well, she, when she went to the Olympics. So, yeah, Kelly Ralstad is our guest this week. We'll get to that, but I guess uh, let's go ahead and get started with some clips. Yeah, let's just jump right in. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Luchich one? Yeah, let's go ahead and start with this Milan Luchich hit. And it's so funny, like, in our uh, our pre-show meeting, you're talking about Lucic, and in my head, he still plays for the Boston Bruins. <laughs> so I'm looking at this clip. It's the Jets and the Flames. Um, do they have fans in the stands, or are those no, cardboard cutouts? they're cardboard cutouts in Calgary. Okay. All right, fair enough. So we have a player on the Jets kind of putting himself in a really bad spot trying to clear the puck out of the zone. And Lucic just kind of freight trains him. Uh, Lucic is going to make a play on the puck. The Jets player beats him there, does like the spin around chip shot to get it out of the zone. So pro hockey, this is an interesting one. You can call boarding there. You could not call anything. The player gets hurt. You can call, you know, your majors, your game misconducts, that kind of stuff. It's, it's one of those, the, the player sets himself up to get hit like that. Um, so pro hockey, that's kind of a dealer's choice, I feel like, um, as far as uh, whether or not you're going to make that call there. 
Um, but obviously moving down into the, whether it be junior NCAA or USA hockey boarding minor in the, uh, NCAA or junior book or, uh, USA hockey, easily a two and a 10 or a five and actually five in a game there. Cause he does go ahead first. Oh, yep. So, and he pops right back up. I, I believe if, if I remember seeing the full clip. Yeah, he popped um, right back up after. Yeah, he was fine. Not a big deal. But either way, youth hockey, 100%. We're going five game. Check from behind because uh, he does go head first. I mean, Lucic is going for the loose puck. Buddy kind of swivels around, cuts him off. And Lucic mm-hmm. doesn't throw him into the boards. No, exactly. Like, Lucic he tries to let up. Yeah, like there's momentum there. There's obviously contact. I mean, I, there was no penalty on the play. But Lucic mm. knew right away, like, I mean, he ended up fighting literally two seconds after that because he knew he had to. Yeah, you got to answer the bell for that kind of a hit. And that's the nice thing about pro hockey is you hit a guy like that, you don't necessarily get a penalty, but you know you got to drop the gloves. Yeah, I mean, I was fine with a no call there. I would also be 110% on board if they went two for a boarding or yeah, something along those that's, lines. Because- yeah, it's one of those things, like, it's a dealer's choice yep. as, as a referee and it's one of those hits where you see it happen as a ref you're like okay now my radar's up i'm ready to go because i think we're gonna get a fight here and sure enough there was a fight i mean lucic turned around and he was just waiting for somebody so that that number 24 defenseman i assume is who fought him no from the clip um somebody came from the other wing and like at the hash marks was like we're fighting Gotcha. Lou Cheech and him met met in the middle and had a good little scrap about it, which Perfect. is it. I mean, that's how it and, should be. Because and you know what, a hit like that, if the referees don't call it and the players police it, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly okay with that too. Because Lou Cheech does end up in the box for five minutes for that hit. All right, so let's get into this call again in the Edmonton Toronto game. Yeah, Yamamoto's putting. Uh, Marner oh, into the boards. Okay, so, Mar- so Marner kind of trips in the slot. His momentum carries him towards the boards. Right as he gets up, Yamamoto cross checks him in the lower back. So the NHL guys, the, the the guys working the game, I don't think had a penalty call here. Um, again, that's another kind of dealer's choice kind of play in uh in pro hockey. Um, they could have easily put their arm up and given Yamamoto a penalty there. I think lower down again with just like the Lucic hit, we're talking uh, USA probably two ten board, two ten check from behind. Um, junior minor board, NCAA minor board, or minor or minor cross check either way. Yeah, I mean. Definitely USA and like Hockey Canada, Youth Hockey, 210 board. I'm all on board for that one. Yep. My issue is, is like you said he tripped. He got cross-checked originally down in the slot there. So oh, he gets so Yamamoto once. cross-checked him twice. Yeah, so that's my thing. Like, I'll give you the first cross-check in the slot and like, okay, sure. But then the second cross-check, like, okay, major penalty, no, no, not even close. But like, I still think there should be a – even in interference, because I mean, he takes Martin completely out of the play. You want to call interference, boarding, mm-hmm. cross check. Like, you have a variety of minor penalties you could call there. Yeah. And I just, to me, like, that's not a hockey play. Like, Yamamoto is yeah. not making a hockey play there. He's trying to the take the fact Marner that he got him play. twice 
for me is is all is more than enough reason to put him in the box yeah because you gave him the first one and then the second yep. one, you're like dude like come on i tried to give you the first one mm-hmm. oh and that that that's kind of just how i saw that one i think yeah. interference cross check i mean easy sells he's yep. not interference, making a hockey play. i mean even so like that one in the slot cross check or rough because usa would rather those get called a rough than a interference yeah um which is, you know, something that I know they've put out in some of their videos recently. It's like, hey, don't call interference on this stuff. Let's start calling these roughings because mm-hmm. we want an interference on a pick. We don't want an interference on a hit away from the puck. We got the Jets again and Calgary again. So cross check to the face. Bye, see ya. I mean, yeah, I mean, standalone major at least. Yeah, minimum standalone major cross check or or high stick. Um, the fact that he gets him in the throat, I'd almost be okay in youth with a match penalty on this for Just deliberate for, to injure. for deliberate attempt to injure. Like, what, let let's be honest with the amount of video that we have out there between live barn and everything else. You call this a match your supervisors are going to have no problems calling it a match. And when it goes for review, they'll either, you know, they'll suspend him, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just completely uncalled for, you know, cross-checking a guy in a throat like that. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I think I would rather see a, a major standalone mm-hmm. major there because he started the, the cross check originally got him like upper, upper chest and moved up into the neck and face, which, okay, mm-hmm. obviously that's, why well, the puck's nowhere near him i understand that but like he's not hurt off it like well and well that's the thing with with the match is he deliberately attempt like uh, per, for me personally i feel like that's a deliberate like you're trying to get the guy in the throat yeah. i mean i get it rides up but i just i feel like for youth hockey that's the kind of stuff we don't want so you go to the match or you go major game cross check, which if he doesn't get injured, it's kind of hard to sell the major game cross check. Correct. Whereas if you go match and say, Hey, that's deliberate attempt to injure it. That's an easy sell. And then you let supplemental discipline take care of it from there. I, I just, with, with everything that's happened at least um, over the last month of, of my officiating, I've gotten to the point where, and I, I've told our state supervisor this, I'm like, I've gotten to the point where if I have the option to call a match penalty, I'm just going to do it because at this point it's easier to call the maximum and let supplemental discipline take care of it than it is for me to be the nice guy and, oh, I'm just going to give him a two and a 10 or I'm just going to give him a 10 minute misconduct. Like with, with the things that have happened that I really don't want to go into, um, I just, I feel like it's, it's in our best interest to let's go with that zero tolerance policy. And Hey, if you feel like a guy is deliberately trying to injure a guy and you know that this game's on video, call the match, let the video get submitted and let the administrators figure it out. Does that make sense? Yes. I just would rather not have a kid sitting for 30 days for something like that yeah well and like i get it like don't do it i i i do not disagree (laughs) 100 like just don't do it don't be an idiot on the ice but 
I also think like for me, like if I'm calling a match penalty, like it better be like everybody in the building knew that yeah. that kid wasn't trying to play hockey. Yeah, I, I get it. It's just, like for all we know, like I mean, this, it's a nine second clip of a cross check. For all we know, him and yeah. the the Jets and Majapani have been going at it the whole shift, like cross checking slash yeah. whatever. So I I, I kind of think that's where I lean into. Hey, just go stand a little major cross check, mm-hmm. especially in youth hockey. You have it, do it. Send yeah. a message of like, yo, this isn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're lucky you didn't hit, hurt the kid. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it's a coin flip, I would say. I mean, you're more than justified in just doing the standalone major, too. I just, I don't know, man. I just, with the level of disrespect that's come our way, um, or at least down here um, lately, I have no issues just going to the max. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. But I'm taking a long, I'm taking a long say, break. Sounds like you need a I'm break take, at this I'm point. taking a long break, and there's a reason for it. I'm just... You know, we all get to the point where we are burnt out and we're like, you know what? You go to the box, you go to the box, you go to the box, you get a match, you get a game. I don't care anymore. It's not that I don't care, but it's more just like, hey, I have the option. It's there. I know this is on video. I'm just going to let the administrators take care of it. For sure. I think we've all been at that point. I know I know. at the start of March, I was ready mm-hmm. to throw my gear out, out the side of the window and just pretend it yep. never happened. So then moving on, we have the Bruins and the Devils. This one's a no-brainer. Elbow directly to the head, like direct contact. Yep. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Five Bring games from you see, later. You see the low referee, his arms halfway up before yep. he even hits the guy. Well, no, it was a little No, he later. popped it up, though. Yeah. He thought of, he, he pumped it at first, and then he went, yeah. oh, because yeah. I think what originally he thought was that puck was going to get rimmed down low. So mm-hmm. he was starting to move. And then he saw the hit and was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, I mean, as you should on one, one of those hits. That's an easy one. That happens in a youth game again. Deliberate attempt to injure if you want to. It's there if you want it. Um, I would just say five game or, head contact. Or major game head contact. Either or. You're justified on either. Um, I think a match is a bit much there. See, I'm just at the point right now. It's like you get a match, you get a match. Yeah, yeah, but, I, yeah. Oof. It's 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 just one of those things. Like at at, the, at minimum, that kid or that player shouldn't be in the game the rest of the game. Um, we we need to get this stuff out of the game. Like these these players are only going to get it. Is it the only way they're going to get it? Is when we start giving out major games for stuff like this. I agree. It's that simple. Like, and don't be afraid to go to the bench. Be like, dude, he hit him in the head. What do you want me to do? Well, and 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 that's the thing. Like a major game, there's an easy sell. Like you go straight over to the coach, even if he's yelling, you go over and be like, coach, he hit him directly into the head by the rule book. By the rule book, it says if he hits him in the head, if he hits him directly or recklessly in Mm -hmm. the head, done. Yeah, like a coach couldn't even because because then the next thing out of his mouth would be like, oh well, yeah, and you're like, yeah, if that hit happened to you, what do you want called? Yep, and I guarantee you, he's gonna want a major game. Yeah, exactly, and and that same thing carries over into this Dallas Panthers yeah, Pav- hit. Pavelski coming same up. same thing. It's the same hit. Yeah, bye. Like major game, adios. 
So the weird one about this one, though, is when I first looked at it, the Panthers players in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah but it but doesn't why matter. But why is Pavelski like, coming Pavelski in to make that hit? He knows better. Yeah. Like, we're talking about a guy that's been in the league, what, 18 years? Uh, Yeah, if not, yeah. Like, you know better yeah. than to come over and hit that guy. There's no reason for the hit. Your winger or defenseman who's on, I think, okay, so your defenseman's on him. He's playing and he knocks the puck away. And Pavelski just cycles down and gives the guy a headshot for no damn reason. There's no reason for him to be down there. Yep. So, again, boom, see ya. Five game. Adios. And Bad. it's another one, like, if, you know, you feel like he targeted, which in the clip, it looks like he traveled the distance to make this hit. I have no problem with the match penalty on this one either. For for distance traveled. In Pavelski's defense, though, had the had uh, Klingberg not stolen the puck, yeah, like if, he's coming if the, up ice with that puck. So okay, yes, this, yeah. it's still going to be high, yeah. Um, but I think it's on Pavelski to just get a little bit lower there as well. Because yeah, if he's I lower just, there, I yep. clean hit like, yeah, hey, you put yourself reaching back for a puck head down like mm-hmm. oh, shit. But like on that one, like Pavelski just yeah. didn't try I and just, get low. I just feel like straight to the face. Oh, 100%. And that's, a, again, it's a guy that's been playing in this league for in, in, the, in the National Hockey League for as long as I could remember. I can't remember um, a time when he hasn't been in the league. <laughs> fair enough. Um, and let's see. I think and we'll talk. And that goes along with, too, like the, Mc, the McDavid hit. Yep. That happened. Coming, coming across Same the thing. ice. Coming across the ice, clips the guy shoulder right to the head. Um, it didn't get called. It happens, but he got fined five thousand dollars for it. So, it's so just, really quick. We, we, yeah, this brings up a, a thing for me. If that hit is any other player, do you think he gets suspended? Well, I don't think McDavid's ever been suspended for a high hit before, or even fined for a high hit before. Okay, fair. Then maybe we should change the protocols because that I, shouldn't be a fine. That should be a one game suspension. Yeah. Well, I, I get, I, I get it's you your very with, first time. I understand I, it's your very first time getting in trouble. Yeah. But if you are serious about taking these hits out of the game, if you yeah. hit a guy in the head, we're not finding you because yeah. five grand out of these guys' pockets is nothing. It's pennies. I know. Well, they make more by – they would lose more by be, being suspended for the game than they do exactly. with the $5,000. And it sends a lot bigger of a message. Yeah. Because it is, well, yeah, because I mean, you suspend Connor McDavid for a game. Now you're showing everybody, hey, I don't care if you're the best player in our league, mm-hmm. which let's be honest, McDavid's probably yep. the best hockey player in the world. Yep, 100%. Um, if not, you know, top three. Yeah, there might be some guy over in Russia. We have no clue who about. Yeah, him. right. No, well, I was I was thinking you, you say McDavid, McKinnon, and Ovechkin as our top three. That's oh. my top three anyway. Kucherov, but I would agree with getting into top three. five. Um, but anyway, like you have to send a message, like whether it's McDavid or Ovi hitting a guy like that, or if it was Kucherov or McKinnon. Poor, I'm surprised McKinnon's not getting hit in the head this week because, you know, he had a bad week a few it, weeks ago. It would just go on with the trend. Right. Um, but yeah, like it, it just, you send that message. I feel like, you know, and, and too, like these $5,000 fines, I look at it this way. They probably would have just wanted a five, 
a, a standalone major called on that hit. If they deter- if they thought it was worthy of being suspended or getting a game misconduct, they probably would have suspended him. But I think that hit might have just been a major, which is why they only gave him a five thousand dollar fine. I don't disagree that the penalty might have just been a major on the ice, and I just think that if you want headshots out of the game completely, like the yeah. NHL does, like any yep. good hockey league would, you you suspend them. You start at one game. And you go from there. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. You go whatever one, three, five, seven, ten. The season at that point. I mean, forty two, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like I understand it's McDavid. I understand he has never been in trouble before. He, I don't think he gets that many penalties to begin with. No. So like, I I understand why it's a five k fine. Yeah. But if we're serious about getting these out of our game, mm-hmm. Wilson did the did almost the exact same thing and got seven games for it. Now, granted, mm-hmm. Wilson has a history. Sure. It's still the same play. Just yep. the only difference is one guy has a history and one guy doesn't. Yeah. Last wow. clip, though. Curtis Gabriel making uh, making waves again with, yet again, guess what it is? Another flying elbow. Right. Uh, Both referees. Heck, the goalie's arm went in the air. <laughs> at, but did, did you see the linesman just point straight? There's a clip, and the linesman's just pointing straight at Gabriel like, Oh, oh no. And uh, Gorge Wire was refing the game. He was the back guy that put his arm up immediately. Yeah, Gord and is that 29? Wal- I couldn't tell you. Is that Walsh or is Walsh 28? Couldn't tell you. Okay, fair enough. But Gord, that's, puts an, his e- arm that's an easy one. Right in the air. They call a major game on the ice. They review it. They stick with the major game. Curtis Gabriel, see you later. Like you elbowed the guy in the head, the puck's 30 feet away. Was initial point of contact a shoulder? And I think I, I'm just curious. No, I, and, and I, I truly think that's the, the, what they were looking at because the one angle that you see, like looking straight down on it, where the ref gets in the way of the mm-hmm. camera, unfortunately, he hits him in the shoulder, but then he comes in with a flying elbow to end yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm watching the clip again here. Like it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, sure, you hit him. Yeah, so it was shoulder to shoulder initially, but then he shrugged his elbow up. And then also look where the puck is. Like they're at the blue. Yeah, the puck's gone. There's no reason for the hit regardless. Exactly. Like, and then look at the distance traveled. Like he came all the way from the he came across the top of the circles to go to the far side blue line when the puck's at over the. He skated what ten feet there at least. At least. So yeah, I'm again another one. Okay with it. Yep. Like I'm you, like you can't you can't do that. To me, that's textbook of how it should be called every single or, time. Or or what was it? The um the video I think somebody posted in, in the group, the Facebook group. It was a lacrosse referees telling him he gets two minutes to sit to sit there and think about what he did. <laughs> two minutes to each guy for thinking about what they did. Yeah, I remember that yeah. clip. Oh, uh, I was dying. I wish we so, had like, that penalty too. Right, just, just two minutes, just because rule 101A, you can't do that. Yep, done. Do you want to send it over to our interview? Yeah, so let's go ahead and do that. So, we're brought gonna say that uh, this interview is brought to you by the Hockey Ref Shop. Hockey Ref Shop is the official U.S. equipment supplier of Team Stripes, they carry a variety of referee products, including beginner packages, sweaters, pants, accessories, protective equipment fun referee themed products and more 
They pride themselves on having great service from experienced officials and super fast shipping. I said it right this time. Visit HockeyRefShop.com today to place an order. With that, we will go to our interview with 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympian Kelly Rolstead. Uh, the honor of speaking to a woman who has done pretty much everything you can do as a female official um, in the world ice hockey. She's, she's done it all. Um, she recently moved to Florida. We are definitely lucky to have her here. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know her over the past few weeks after getting to um, meet her at the rink one day and then work some games with her. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest, Kelly Ralstead. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Well, it's it's definitely um, a pleasure to have you on. So I guess really, let's just kind of uh, get right to it. Um, so tell, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? When did you start playing hockey? Oh, I grew up in Minnesota um, in suburbia, uh, okay. about 45 minutes northwest of the Twin Cities, which is a little town called Champlin. And... I started playing late in life. I didn't start playing until 10th grade, sophomore year in high school. Okay. Um, that was the first year it was varsity sport in the state of Minnesota, I, I believe due to Title IX, which I found out later in life. Um, I danced for a long time. I played basketball. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I played pretty much every other sport. And, um, you know, that in, you could play like outside of the park or whatever different places um but i ended up playing hockey my girl my best friend rachel she talked me into it in high school because i could skate and they okay. were starting up a team um yeah so i just I've, I've been roller skating since i could walk my dad would take us to the rink roller skating rink every sunday for four or five hours so i could skate okay there you go so obviously yeah. skating is is definitely the foundation there to, to everything that we do. So mm -hmm. you said you played varsity girls hockey in high school and it was the first year they had it. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, and then so, obviously you played all, uh, so sophomore, junior and senior year then. Yeah. And it's, it's a little complicated because when they, when the, the start, the sport was starting out for women in high school. So sophomore year, we combined with Champlin and Anoka, which is across the river, two cities. Mm -hmm. And then the way it was set up, you were only supposed to do two years together. So my junior year, we were combined and then senior year, we split. And my senior year, we only had, I think, five players that came back okay. um, from the combined team. Most of the players were on the other side of the river in Anoka. And so we recruited all summer and we had 36 girls on the ice for captain's practice. Um, oh, wow. I had a girl from Thailand and a girl from Czech Republic on either arm that couldn't stand up. But my goal was to have a team and get bodies on the ice. And we actually won our, uh, our first game. Are you still there? Did that yep, catch you out? Still here. Oh, yeah. No, you're good. That. Um, we actually won our, we, we were four and oh, we started our season four and oh, which is like a miracle. We didn't end up very well, but it was, uh -huh. it was kind of fun to win a couple games right off the bat. So that's pretty cool. Especially having a team where you recruited from all over and, that's uh that's a pretty awesome experience so after after high school um where did you go to school did you continue playing so i played a couple of years non-check men's league at ridgefield ice arena which is down by the airport in minneapolis because my uncle played over there so okay um did that for a year a couple of years and i went to uh, north Hennepin community college um my third year i think it was my third year in officiating 
um, I got a call from Greg Shepard to come work to WCHA because uh, when is WCHA oh, wow. was starting up. So, I so mean, it was, when did it was you kind then, of a whole whirlwind thing? Then when did you start officiating? Were you still in high school or? Yeah, we should pull back to that. So senior year in high school, I started officiating just for some extra cash. I used yep. to take a lot of penalties and I used to take a lot of um, 10 minute penalties because I like to tell <laughs> the referees what I thought of them. <laughs> And one of those referees, um, after the game challenged me, he says, if you know a lot about officiating, maybe you should come officiate. I go, well, I, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I showed up at the clinic on Saturday and got certified. Um, but I, I only did, I mean, I only did three to five games the first year, I think the second yeah. year I did a lot more cause I was out of school, but I mean, I, it, it's a good part-time job cause nobody will hire you when you, you know, like you're doing nights and weekends and you're playing, mm-hmm. um, like McDonald's isn't even going to hire you cause you're in the way because your schedule doesn't work out so it worked out really good yep and like just like I think all of us um you know you got started at high school extra money and uh and then you really fell fell in love with it I guess because like that's that's really you get exposed to it and the brotherhood and the camaraderie that there is um you get paid to skate too I mean what other job would they pay you to skate it's amazing and get to hang out with cool people like, exactly yeah so then so three years in you're starting to work wcha which which is a little unreal um i was thinking back last night and about maybe questions you might ask me but like i mean i always remembered my first so like my first three-man game was a junior game um i worked at the champlain ice storm for a little while i drove zam for a year or for mm-hmm. i mean six months or whatever through the season and um the scheduler of the junior B league, he showed up and he didn't, he forgot that there was a game. And so he's like, Kelly, you're going to get on the ice. I think I was a level two official. Shouldn't have been okay. on the ice. I was scared to death. <laughs> and the goalie, it was me and him. We started two man or one, one. And the goalie was telling me where to stand and what to do. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, those were the, those were the opportunities you had if you just said yes, or you showed up. So mm-hmm. um, just being thrown into the fire was crazy, but yeah. Sometimes it's the best way to learn. That's for sure. Yeah. So then so, like third ahead. year in, I, oh, sorry. I got, I got a call from Greg Shepard and um, I, I just remember because my mom called me and she's like, this Greg call guy called, he sounds really important and he's going to call you and he wants you to work this league. And I go, okay. So he <laughs> called me and I didn't, I didn't know what the WCH, what WCHA was at the time. Uh-huh. Um, I, I wasn't really exposed to a lot of hockey, so I, I didn't really know. And um, he asked me if he wanted to work the league. And then um, he told me he was going to give me all this free equipment. And I was like, that's cool. And then he told me he was going to give me underwear and this and that, whatever. And I, I kind of got hung up on the underwear thing. And I'm like, sir, this all sounds fantastic, but I don't understand this underwear thing. And he goes, no, 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 it's okay. I mold my lawn in it and I wear it under my, you know, rink stuff at the ice. And I'm like, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> well, he's talking about Bauer underwear, but I, yeah. I had long johns that I wore because I didn't have all that good stuff yet. So yeah. <clears throat> excuse me so yeah that's how I met Greg Shepard and he probably still thinks I'm a little odd too because I didn't know any of this when I started but <laughs> but that was a good ride I, I worked WCHA and a lot of college hockey for about I think it was 12 years so oh wow that's impressive so you, you get started working college hockey and then I guess really just some other opportunities I assume come about out of that like within USA hockey since you know, they, um, uh, the, the women's game, especially up North, whether you're in Minnesota or in the Northeast is, you know, is, has grown a lot. And even then it was really just kind of getting started. 
because like I remember growing up as a kid we had at the at the rink in Clearwater there was this poster and I'll never forget it it was three female hockey players I think Cami Granado was one of the girls on the poster and it was basically advocating for young girls to start playing hockey as well as, hey, we're good at this. We should have a spot in the Olympics. I'll never forget that poster. It was there for years. And I remember the 98 games, the first year that that the women, you know, played in the Olympics and Team USA won going into it or won the gold medal that year. And that really, I, I remember more girls starting to play as a kid um, when that happened. So about that time, you're probably working college level stuff, correct? Yeah, that was about that time. One of my mentors, um, Yvonne Young, I don't know if you know her name or not. She's from Minnesota too. I was lucky okay. enough to have her as a coach and mentor along the way, but she worked Noggin' off. That's so that amazing. was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you're doing, uh, you know, D1 women's hockey um, for all those years. What on the USA hockey side, like, uh, doing women's nationals and the camps and all that. Maybe talk about some of that kind of stuff you got to do. Sure. So when I, I think it was, it was, it was pretty close. I can't remember if it was before or after I'd have to look up the dates, but it was pretty close to the time when I started working WCHA that I went to regional camp, which I believe is called futures camp right now. Mm-hmm. Or prospect yep. camp. They I think it's, the names since. yeah, they changed the names on us. <clears throat> so I, I went to regional camp at the time. Um, and that was in Lake Placid, New York, which is my first experience in Lake Placid, New York. I, it's one of my favorite places to go in the world. It's beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. it's in the middle of the mountains and there's a lake and it's, I mean, it's just a storybook town. Um, but I went there, we stayed on the Olympic training center. We got to skate in the 1932 and the 1980 rink. And we went there for a week and basically it's like a boot camp. They try and wear you down and see mm-hmm. who floats to the top kind of thing. Yep. Um, I went home from that and I, I thought I had a pretty good camp, but I, I don't know. I'm just this girl from Minnesota and trying to figure this whole thing out. Um, but I got a call, I think it was like literally two weeks later mm-hmm. and it was from Matt Leaf and Matt Leaf is, you know, the big guy in, in USA hockey when it comes to officiating. And he says, Hey, I, I go by Obi cause my main name's O'Brien. So he says, mm-hmm. Hey, Obi, do you want to come back and, and go to elite experience? And that was like, that was like a big deal. Cause that's how you get your international yeah. certification on the women's side. Mm-hmm. So that was literally two weeks after I went to regional camp and I'm like, okay. And he says, well, you gotta, you gotta buy some dress clothes. And I just want to let you know, you might not get your international certification this year, but we're going to work on that in the years coming up if you still do well. Yeah. So I didn't get my international and my IHS certification that year, but um, I think it was the next year even. But I mean, the opportunities just started lining up. So I went to mm-hmm. regional camp. I did well. I went to lead experience that same year. I did well. Um, I, I mean, what people don't know about officiating too is you do your job on the ice and you, you keep your nose clean on the ice, but it's also about what you do off the ice too. You don't get in trouble. You don't, I mean, mm-hmm. they say like 80% of, and 80% of firings happen for off ice behavior. Yep. So that's, that's the behind the scenes. A lot of people don't understand too. So I guess I was good enough and kept my nose clean that I didn't get in trouble. Um, and then all the, all of a sudden, I mean, like things just, I, I look back at it and it feels like another world now because I'm married and I have kids and life is different, but mm-hmm. um, it was just a whirlwind. I skated 364 days a year. I was skating three, four, five, six, seven games a day just to make sure that I could 
um, be the best that I could in my prime. I had mentors. I had great mentors at home. I had uh, Michael Hiker, who's passed away now, Dean Brandt. I mean, there's, there's just all kinds of people that helped me out through the ranks. And I was working youth and high school and men's leagues and juniors and college and D1 college, D3 college. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I was just all over the place. I got opportunities to work um, in the NCAA finals a few times, um, playoff games, all kinds of stuff. That's, um, I mean, that's, just, just crazy stuff. That's crazy. Um, like what a whirlwind experience going from, you know, just starting out three years in, then you're working college hockey, then you go to, you know, regional camp, elite experience and all that stuff. Like you went zero to 60 pretty quick there. Yeah. Like, in zero, let me tell you my first college games, I probably shouldn't have been out there. I was brutal, man. I mm-hmm. was like, I mean, but you don't know when you're starting, but I got better, I think. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that's really that's that's how we learn like you you go to the when you make that next step you're like okay I probably shouldn't be out here but I'll figure it out and I'm gonna I'm gonna go from there so you mentioned you work juniors um what leagues did you work on the junior side and what was it like being a female official working boys junior hockey um I worked uh most most of my games the bulk of my games were the Minnesota junior B league in Minnesota. So it was the MJHL. I think it's called the MNJHL now. Yeah. Um, and then I worked some America West games and I worked some USHL games too. Um, I might've worked some other stuff in somewhere in there. I was actually, I was actually the first woman or female to go to junior B nationals too, which was pretty cool. That's pretty um, awesome. That's like one of my, I, I wear that proud cause I love the junior league cause they're just, it's just fun because they play so hard. There's so much adrenaline, testosterone in a closed area. And you never know what's going to happen. So it's fun for me to work Truth. still, but yep. yeah, <laughs> you know, Oh so, yeah. um, I call So being the only girl on the ice, um, I, I worked, um, a couple junior games with Leah Rosillo. Um, but that was later in my career, like right before mm-hmm. I went to the Olympics and I went back to work juniors before the Olympics to get ready. But I really didn't work with any girls really going up through the ranks because there weren't mm-hmm. any in my area that worked at the time. I think there were like three in the country that worked at that time, females. Um, okay. But I did, I, I call it the triple take when I get on the ice and I, uh-huh. I had fun with it. I thought it was hilarious. So sometimes they do the one to see who's working. They do the two, but they would actually like turn around and skate backwards and look at me because they found out I was a girl and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I call it the triple take. Like, That's so funny. <laughs> well, I had fun so with funny. it. That was great. Yeah. So then let you, you know, you mentioned, you know, the leading up to the Olympics and all that, when, um, when did you get your international card? And then from there, like what tournaments did you work leading up to, you know, the, the end of, you know, being the Olympic uh, experience that you had? Um, okay. So when did I get my international certification? It, I think it was, was it 2000, 2004 or five, maybe? Okay. Um, I don't recall the exact date. I'd have to go back and look that up, but I'm guessing that date because in 2006 was mm-hmm. the Olympics yep. in Salt Lake City. And I went to Four Nations Cup the year before that was at the Salt Lake City. It was where they were having the, mm-hmm. the Olympics. So in uh, Provo and then in, in Utah or uh, Salt Lake. So they, I skated at those two rinks. I got to skate at those two rinks. Um, and that was my first quote unquote real international tournament. Although we had all USA officials, but that was the only differential. Usually when you're yeah. 
doing an international tournament, you get um, officials from all over the world, but they, they had us just do it um, United States officials. Um, that was a really cool experience because it was set up like an international tournament and mm-hmm. how we would run, how they would run it. Um, the coolest thing about that though, was the fans were obnoxious and loud and unbelievable because what they did was they brought in, they bust in all the school kids Oh, wow. and they had them like research Finland and Sweden and USA and Canada and, you know, the four teams that were there. Yep. And they had them cheer for their teams and they were just loud. And it was a great experience on the ice because you had to figure out how to officiate without talking to each other or yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no verbal co- communication. It was all awareness. It was all eye contact. It was all mm-hmm. making sure you were paying attention. As far as the verb, was that like, did they, were they doing that on purpose, trying to get you guys to work in that like loud environment, high stress kind of deal? Or is it just, is that just how it played out because how loud it was? I think it was a byproduct. I mean, it was a good experience for us and I can't imagine they didn't think that was a good experience for us, mm-hmm. but they brought, they brought the kids in because they wanted the volunteers for the Olympics in a year to be able to practice and get ready for that. Oh, okay. And so they Very wanted cool. to know like how to sit people and how to, you know, deal with stuff and, gotcha. you know, like what their jobs were. So it was more about okay. training them oh. than it was about training us, but as a byproduct, they, things, they you, train us. things you don't think about going yeah. into the, like, who trains the ushers? <laughs> like stuff like oh, that. And they, they got them trained. I'm sure. I mean, it was, it was wild. It was loud. It was fun. I mean, the That's kids so were really cool. good. They were well-behaved and everything, but it uh-huh. was like, they were yelling and chanting and they had their cheers and it was, it was cool. So, it was a great so then, you know, so then the 20, the 2006 games happened. Um, mm-hmm. A woman who's actually part of another woman in our district, Stacy Levinston uh, did those, um, trying to remember who she's else. a fantastic person a fantastic oh my gosh Un- unreal yeah. just yeah i um i got to meet her uh, a buddy of mine lives in lived in virginia and um i got to uh, she actually she came to a, like a u18 game him and i were working while we were passing through virginia um mm-hmm. and uh, she supervised us it was awesome and she, oh, she's she, phenomenal yeah oh unreal um so then from there so then we're we're going into the next olympic cycle um, after, so after those six Olympics, obviously 2010 is next. Um, did you have any sort of idea that you might be on the radar to get to go? Um, what stuff were you doing? What games were you working like, um, to really, I get either get ready or just the thing, the games that you were doing on that kind of set you up for getting picked. Yeah. So, I mean, Basically, it was, I mean, I had a conversation with Matt Leaf every once in a while, and I'm like, you know, what do I need to do, and what what league should I work, and whatever. So I had this pecking line um, of what games I would take from what league, and then I, it comes down to good communication, too, because if you tell the schedulers what's going on in your head, mm-hmm. and they don't have to guess, then it, it you know, doesn't create a problem for them. So, like, um, I took my WCHA games and I take my junior games and I take my high school games and I take my youth games and it just kind of went down from there okay. and then I'd fill in with whatever I could grab. But, um, I just, I was skating a lot. Um, there wasn't, you kind of knew if you were on the radar or not, but yeah. you didn't know for sure until you got the call. There was never that until you got the call. Now, um, were you, were you getting any international assignments and like doing like world championships or, you know, at any division or. So like, yeah, some, yeah, for my first did, world championship was, oh Lord, this is a long time ago. Um, 
<laughs> it feels like yesterday, but not right. Um, I went to Calgary. What did I go to Calgary first? No, I think I went to oh Halifax, Nova Scotia first, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was cold. It was January yeah. or something, and I I can't remember if that was a pool or eighteen unders. I've I've gone to a pools and eighteen under. Um, those are the only uh, that I've done other than the um, Four Nations. Okay. So I went to Cal- Calgary for one. I went to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, I went to North Shipping and Lee Shipping, Sweden, which was cool. That was a new oh, wow. experience. That was the only over the pond that I'd done. Um, and then I, I did uh, Vancouver. Yeah. So, yeah. And so then from there, um, you know, and I completely forgot to ask you, were you a referee or a linesman? Oh, I'm a linesman by trade. Perfect. So <laughs> am I. So we're all linesmen here. That's for sure. And yeah. it was uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun this past Saturday getting aligned with you, by the way, because it was fun, like working the blue line, like so I, getting to work with somebody that's um, worked at your level and, you know, just some of the other guys that we have in the state. It's fun because like we get to line together and lining's like our thing. So, anyway, yeah, well, so and I told you, I told you when we we're on the ice, but you're solid, you're fun. You do a good job out there too. <laughs> so what was... So what was it like getting that phone call when, so first of all, when you yeah. were told that you're going? Yeah. So first of all, I was working a, working a full-time job, like 60 hours a week. I was at a fortune 500 company. I was a business analyst. So, okay. um, at C.H. Robinson out in Eden Prairie. And I got a phone call when I was at work. So I slipped into a conference room and it was mm-hmm. Matt Leaf on the phone and he, uh, he says, Hey, Obi, what do you, it was, it was in October, I believe that I got the mm-hmm. phone call and he goes, Hey, what are you doing in February? And I, I just about, Oh, I think I lost it. I did. I lost it. And I go, uh, nothing. What am I doing in February? And he goes, well, you're going to have to reply to the email. So I have a formal response, but you know, they want you to come work the Olympics. And so I lost it. Um, <laughs> and then I called I- my mom and then I called my husband and then, you know, yeah, but I wasn't supposed to tell anybody, so I shouldn't tell that. But I did call my yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's yeah. let's be honest. Like, you gotta call mom first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because mom's everything. That's just how it yep. works. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, I didn't. The first thing I did after after I kind of calmed down is I called um, this place over in Bloomington and, mm-hmm. and the Bloomington Ice Gardens at the rink. And my buddy Eric, he runs this place called E Train, and it's a treadmill okay and oh is it one of those skating treadmills it is it is but this guy is phenomenal i mean it you're only as good as a person behind the treadmill like training Mm -hmm. you and this guy is the best um and he is he's phenomenal so um i called him and he's like well come on over when can you come over so every what was it twice a week i would go over there during my lunch hour and i'd take Mm -hmm. two hours i worked this out with my boss i go over there two hours and i'd skate on the treadmill for an hour twice a week and then I, you know, I'd work my WCHA games or junior games on the weekend, or if I, mm-hmm. I'd pick up an extra game on Sunday, if I had college games. And then I, you know, I was still working a full schedule. It just, yeah. you know, it's just how it worked. I skated a lot. I went to the gym. I went skate on the treadmill. I, I didn't eat, breathe, do anything but hockey yeah. until I got to February. Were so there any warm up games as far as the women's stuff go? Like, did USA Canada do their like normal series against each other leading into the Olympics? Did you work any of that? I, 
I think they did, but we didn't work it. I think they had the Canadian officials work those. So okay. when I got in, it was, I mean, I, I worked the first game. I worked the first game, the opener of the Olympics Okay. Um, for the women's well, and I, I didn't have any games up till, I mean, I skated three days earlier cause I had yeah. flown in and I was skating till the end. So, okay. So as far, so you, you get to Vancouver, um, were you there for like the opening ceremonies do, as officials? Do they get to be part of that kind of stuff or presenting Team USA? Or are you guys kind of separate off to the side? Like, I haven't actually ever gotten to ask someone that's been to the Olympics, like, what as an official? Like, obviously, you're there working. For, so, like, how does that all work? Yeah. So, when we got there, so we flew in the day before the opening ceremonies i believe so the next night was this ceremonious we were there for 19 days we stayed in the holiday in downtown vancouver too which is kind of so we weren't in the village some people okay. like to ask that too um so we got in um we all went as a team to the opening ceremonies okay um and we all sat together we, we watched we didn't walk yeah through. Um, okay. so that was a little bit different than the athletes too but um we got to be a part of it we got to see and then we also got to go to the closing ceremonies too um, I had this nifty little pass that got me into anything hockey. Okay. So my lanyard got me into any women's or men's hockey games. So we got to see quite a few of those. We got to see both the USA, um, USA, Canada, men's and women's games, oh, that's awesome. um, which is cool. Cause they were, they were, what, what they were was good. the atmosphere? I mean, obviously the outcome wasn't what we as Americans wanted. I remember I had just joined the military and um, we were, I had about 30 people in my dorm room and we were watching the, uh, the men's gold medal game. Mm -hmm. And when, uh, when Sydney scored that goal in overtime, it was the loudest collective amount of cursing I'd ever heard in one room. <laughs> Cause obviously like most of these guys had no clue about hockey, but it was, you know, team USA is playing. So we're in there watching it. What was it yeah. like being, I mean, obviously, you know, Canada won, but what was it like being in the building in Vancouver and seeing them, you know, do that? Like, how cool was that? Well, for one, it was really tough because as officials, even though we're not working that game, like we yeah. can't cheer. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, we were actually told that, but it's an unwritten rule too. If you yeah, officiate, sure. you're not supposed to cheer or have comments or whatever. And we're sitting up in the VIP area. So literally Wayne Gretzky is like two sections over from us and the King and Queen <laughs> of Switzerland or Sweden yeah. are sitting next to us. And um, I'm trying to think of who else we saw, but there's just names all over the mm -hmm. place and it's crazy. So, um, you know, not being able to cheer or whatever you want to do, you just sit there and you're sitting on your hands. But when that happened, I think, I think it was even harder for me to walk back to the hotel than it was during the game because everybody's, we walked from, downtown back to the mm -hmm. hotel and it's it's a few miles no big deal yeah. and we're wearing suits and we're you know we're dressed up whatever and everybody's trying to give you high fives and they're all drinking and drunk because they're excited canada won and you're in yeah. canada and you're yeah. just dodging high fives you're like, like i can't <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know the canadian officials are giving high fives and that's okay i'm not going to tell on them or they're not going to get yeah. in trouble but like i'm just like oh yeah no yeah <laughs> so to the games then, how many games did you end up working? What was like a highlight for you? What what was it like working with female officials from around the world that you just met that week? Yeah, so I worked five games in total. I worked the first game and then I was lucky enough to get the uh, the gold medal assignment too. So I worked the USA Canada game at the end, which, mm -hmm. which was one of the highlights. Um, actually, one of the highlights too for me was 
um, I got assigned to, I think it was Finland, Finland, Sweden. No. Oh, wow. What? That's a, that's a big um, one too. I, I can't remember if it was Finland, Sweden. I think it was Finland, Sweden, but they had just fought at four nations. Okay. So I was really excited. I really, for some reason, I just, in my gut, I just wanted to work that game. Cause I'm like, this is a junior game on the ice with girls and they're going to just blow each other up. Like there yeah. was an all out brawl on this thing. And I was like, when I heard about that, I was like, when I stepped in to work the Olympics and I found out that this had happened and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I knew about the background and stuff. I'm like, that's the game I want to work. Like if yeah. I don't get the gold ma- game, I, I want to work this game. Mm-hmm. So when I got that assignment, I was really pumped. So they put Leah on the ref as a referee spot on that. Leah Rosilla from, she's from Duluth, Minnesota. Okay. And then I was on the Lions and we worked with, um, I think it was a girl from Finland on Anna. Um, and it was wild. Like it, it was, it was great. I had to be in between every line change. I had to That's get awesome. there for every stoppage. I mean, it was it, the first five minutes between Leah, like calling penalties and me being in the middle of it. It was kiboshed. It was great. I mean, like we, we took the game and, and took the, I, I, we, we just kept them playing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't overstepping boundaries, but it was just keeping yeah. it in mind so that they well, actually you were played. It was the first, you know, obviously um, she set in the tone as a referee and mm-hmm. then being a good linesman, like we are, we're putting out fires where we can. Exactly. Um, what was it like communicating with the players? So, I mean, are they mostly, you know, good enough at like, is there English good enough to be able to like, Hey, here's what's going on. Like, is there any kind of communication issues as far as that goes? Yeah. So first I'll tell you that you find out really quick when you work international hockey, that everybody knows the F word, but then they pretend not to know any other English. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then sometimes they have an interpreter on the bench, but most of them know English. Probably they speak English better than I do. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So um, for the most part, they all, all of them knew English. There were a few that maybe, you know, not okay. so good, or, you know, pretending not to when they, the referee had to come over, but yeah, they that's, English that's my favorite time. is working yeah. guys that out of nowhere, like you're trying to explain something. They're like, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the thing is the other, the other thing is that most people don't realize, I mean, I think they know maybe when you tell them about it, but they don't realize this, but most of the female hockey officials that were in the Olympics, like mm-hmm. from each team, they had a lot of their players going to school in the States because they get scholarships there. Yeah, that's true. So like a lot of the Canadians and French Canadians, mm-hmm. they have, they, they go to school out East or they go to school in the yeah. Midwest or, I mean, they, you know, ECS. Yeah, they're all playing D1 or WCHA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Finland, Sweden, a lot of the, a lot of those girls got drafted to Luth because Shannon Miller would recruit them. Yeah. Um, there were a few on, there was a Finland goalie. I mean, like that went to the U of M Minnesota. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they all played in the WCHA ECAC or hockey East. So I'd seen them before too. Like a lot yeah. of them knew me already. And because oh, okay. I worked the league every weekend, it was a rapport thing. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, like I, I remember during the gold medal game and some other games too, but mainly during the gold medal game. So we had, um, I know who was from Norway and she was refing. Okay. And then you've got, me the usa on the lines and then you've got a canadian heather on the lines okay um and the thing is there was there's weird rules in the ihf like if you shoot your puck out of the defensive zone directly out of the defensive zone you get a penalty yeah and i think we had two or three of those in the gold medal game something absurd yeah and so carolyn ouellette who is the captain of team canada at the time uh-huh. she's running over to me and asking me questions kelly kelly what's going on well she went to duluth so i saw her every weekend for four yeah. years 
I mean, so there was a level of comfort that I had with them too, mm-hmm. which was really nice, but that's how I'm sure that made it, that made doing the games easier. Like the fact that, yeah. you know, all the women that are on the ice as far as and the their tendencies go. and yeah. added, you know, their, their demeanor and mm-hmm. yeah, it helps. It helps And then a lot. as far as just like working with the international officials, obviously IHF does things a lot differently as far as like their procedures go than like USA hockey or hockey Canada. I think it's, don't they split the ice down like the middle left side, right side, instead of like blue line, blue line for the linesman. Um, um, I, as far as I know, it was half the same way for USA okay. hockey. Gotcha. Yeah. But Somebody I mean, was changed, trying to may have changed okay. when they went to four man because they only did three man when I was there. They did yeah. one, two when I was there. So they may have changed it. Okay. I've been, I've been out of the IHF loops for, for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But you asked a question earlier too, about how it was like going in and working with officials from other countries. Mm-hmm. That's um, it, it's kind of like, when I, when I was in Minnesota, I would work games with everybody. I didn't care who it was. I would just mm-hmm. show up and whatever level it was and whatever skill level I'm at, whatever skill level they're at, like, that's how you mesh together. Yeah. And I guess, I guess from the standpoint, it kind of, re- it, it helped me a lot because when I walked into a game, I didn't care who was on the ice. I just did my mm-hmm. job. And if I knew the, knew the, um, not the sequence, but the positioning and I knew, yeah. you know, I, I knew the rules and I did my job and I was doing my job right, then it was really easy to work with other officials too. Mm -hmm. Now, if they didn't like some things or they did, they brought some things from back home that were different or whatever, we might have to talk about those in the locker room, but it's just like any other game you're working. I just went to the table the same way. That's awesome. Like getting that experience is just so, and then obviously, so you did, you know, you did the Sweden, Finland game, uh, gold medal game, which like, that's top of the mountain, right? Like, yeah, as far as for, for, you know, on the women's side, like that's absolutely amazing that you, you got to um, like w- work a game that not many people men, male or female have ever gotten to do is a gold medal game at, at the Olympics. So like for that, like, that's just, you know, that's just unreal. And they told us that I was, they, I wasn't supposed to get the game. Like they told okay. us going into it that they weren't going to let any USA work USA. They weren't going to let Canadians. You're not going to work your own country. Yeah. basically what they said. Mm-hmm. And so when I got the assignment, um, we were out shopping. I walked into the, the hotel room and I kind of saw they slid the assignment under the door for this game. Okay. And it was face down. So I walked in, I think I even stepped on it. Cause I was like, well, I'm not working. I already worked four games. Probably not going to get another assignment. I kind of yeah. had, I was kind of trying to brush it off. So I didn't, you know, get hurt mm-hmm. by not getting another one. And I walked in, I'm like, yeah, I should probably look at it. So I threw everything down and I, I took a look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, my name Wait, is on what? the list. Started, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, my name's on the list. And I started bawling and then I looked uh-huh. at it and I was like, okay, so I'm working the, the bronze medal game. This is great. Like Finland, um, yeah, you know, Finland, Sweden, this is great. I'm going to work this game. And then, then I looked at, it cause I was like, oh, I better make sure I'm not a backup before I get too excited. Uh-huh. Right. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, cause they had backups for each game and yep. full judges and and I'm like, okay, so I look at it and I'm like, well, wait a second. It, the order was different. Everything international is different. The clock yeah. counts up, you know, the, yeah. the time goes up It's or down. It's like, you know, so I looked at it and I go, well, wait a second. I'm on the gold medal game. Like I'm, I'm working the gold medal game. So I start bawling and I call my mom and then she <laughs> starts bawling. She's like, Kelly, Kelly, what's wrong? I'm calling her at work and she's like, what's uh-huh. wrong? And I go, I go, mom, I'm working the gold medal game. And she goes, no, you're not. You can't work that game. 
the U.S. was playing. <laughs> and they had just gone home like three days earlier because I yeah. had my mom and my dad and my sister and my niece and my husband. They all flew out to watch mm-hmm. the games. But I, I was sure I wasn't working the last day. So yeah. we sent them home early. Like they, you know. And um, she's like, she's bawling. I'm bawling. I call my husband. He wasn't bawling. He did. He's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, is he a hockey guy at all? No. No, uh-uh. fair enough. <laughs> I'll tell you, he did go to like a, Bel- there was a Belarus game and I got him tickets for it because they give us comp tickets for friends yeah. and relatives and stuff. And it went into like, I think triple overtime. Okay. And he was there for the game. And I'm like, where the heck are you? And then I turn on the TV. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still going. Right. <laughs> then he came back from the hotel and he watched the game on TV. And I was like, what's wrong with you? He's like, it was a really good game. I go, you were just at that game. He goes, yeah, no. And I was like, <laughs> that's I awesome. Because I, I made him go to like two hockey games a year. Mm-hmm. And I remember like in college, cause we dated for a while. he like, he was, he's a computer guy. So he's got the CC and a, or CC plus book. And it's like, yep. you know, six inches thick and he's sitting up and it's a national championship. It was university of Minnesota versus university of Minnesota Duluth. And it was in a rink and the place is packed and they're pounding and, he's and it's crazy. Reading some he's reading the book, book next to my mom. <laughs> my mom's like, put the book away. Yeah. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah. So that's, yeah. He's, I mean, he likes hockey, but it's not, not his passion. Like yeah. mine is. Yeah. So, so. and, and I, I can only imagine too, like when you're calling your mom and telling her, like you're working this gold medal game, like all the, the things that our parents do for us while we're coming up through the sport, all the sacrifices we make, um, the birthdays we miss, the, the friends we don't get to hang out with, all the, just all the sacrifices. I can just only imagine what's going through your mom's head when her daughter calls and says, I'm working the gold medal game at the freaking Olympics. Like, you know, what a, what a feeling for her and like, and for you to get to do that, just like, I'm getting good. I didn't even work the game. I'm sitting here getting goosebumps talking to you about it. So then you should call her and interview her next. You'd love that. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I'd love to have her on just to kind of like, even for five minutes to talk about what it was like being a mom, getting that phone call. Or, um, or a mom and like, Oh, Kelly can't do this. Sorry. She's skating a game or sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry, I can't go to the wedding, but she might be at the reception for the last hour. Cause she's got men's league tonight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all those things. Like, I mean, all of us, myself, you, and everybody else that that puts on the sweater and and has, you know, really dedicated ourselves to the craft. Like we all make those sacrifices. So, so then, so the Olympics are over. Like, did you take some time off? Did you, did you go get right back to it? Like, what would you do after you know, after the games are over and like, like okay, I've reached the top of the mountain. Like, what's next? So I came home and um, I can't remember if it was like a, a qualifier game or if it was um, WCHA championships or whatever, mm-hmm. but I remember going to the U of M, uh, University of Minnesota and going up in the box and Greg Shepard's up there. So I kind of talked to him a little bit just to make an appearance when I came back because yeah. I didn't have any playoff games and stuff that year because I was at the Olympics and mm-hmm. and then um, I, I wouldn't work the finals because I was at the Olympics and I came yeah. back and um, and I remember sitting down to, next to Jeff Sauer, who's uh coach at he, he was the coach you know um yeah since passed away but he was at at uh, university of wisconsin but he became an evaluator for the women's wcha after he was coaching which he's he's just like a grandpa to us he was just a yeah. tremendous tremendous guy um 
And I remember sitting down next to him and having a little talk with him. And he's like, you did a good job. And, you know, this is, you know, I watched you on TV and this and that, whatever. I mean, he's just, he was like grandpa. It was just amazing. He's just Mm -hmm. the greatest guy. And I remember coming back and having a really long conversation with a couple people. Um, Justin Brown was one of them. He's a referee that went to pro hockey and then he came back and Mm -hmm. played college hockey and um, he's married to Winnie Brown at home and I refed a lot of their leagues. So I became friends mm-hmm. with them. I had to talk with him. I had to talk with Michael Hiker, a couple other people. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do when I came back Yeah, because after chasing a carrot for 13 years, I ate the carrot. I came back and there's no carrot to chase anymore. It was mm-hmm. like, I didn't, didn't know what to do. Um, so it was really hard for me. And they, they equated that crash too. They went, they went and worked minor pro and then they came yeah. back to Minnesota yep. and then they weren't working minor pro anymore. And they really helped me through a, a lot of tough mm. times with that because I yeah. just didn't know what end was up. Yeah. It, it's tough. Like you're like, okay, I, I've done everything. Like I've, I've made, I've like, even for me getting to the level where, I, where I've been at um, the last few years, you know, working full time, I went from working full time then to part time. And it's like, okay, so this is where I got, what's next? Like, what do I do? Like, do I keep doing this? Do I move on? You know, it's, and it's definitely a tough thing, especially, um, I know pro hockey for women's up up and coming. Um, But, you know, you didn't, that wasn't there, you know, 10 years ago or 11 years ago now. There's, there's a couple of them working right now, I think. Um, and there's a couple of women working men's college hockey, D1 mm-hmm. hockey. Um, yeah, I believe Katie's working D1. Katie Gay, yeah. Yeah, Katie, Katie Gay. And I, I, not, I know that Chrissy Langley in Minnesota was working D1, but men's WCHA. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's, I mean, there's a few out there. I think um, Aaron Blair worked a game. Um, I don't know if Ken – I think Kendall worked a couple. I I know there's a few now that mm-hmm. are really trailblazing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came back, that's, it's something that I would have had to give up a lot for too. And I was newly yeah. married and I wanted to have a family. So that really yep. wasn't on my radar either. I mean, if that gets thrown in my face and it's something that I could do a couple games here or there, that would be fantastic or work mm-hmm. a season or something. But um, that wasn't something that I was ready to drop my life drop my career drop my yeah well because of everything you you just had given up to to go get to your ultimate goal so yeah so then obviously you guys start a family how old and you have three kids correct three kids i got connor who's eight cole who's five and then kylie she's a bruiser man she's two she beats up on her brothers all day (laughs) and cole plays hockey and kylie probably will she does in the garage but they all, they all play soccer and Connor's been playing basketball at school. So that's okay too. I used to play that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah and I, which was it your five-year-old that was with you at the rink when I, when I met you guys at Skadium that first time? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He just so, goes, man. He is my hockey player. He just loves it. He awesome. gets mad when he has to miss and stuff. He loves it. Yeah. 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 So, and now like, you know, uh, you, you know, years have gone by, you have the kids, you're, you know, you're doing the mom thing, you're around the sport and now like working just here locally doing, you know, we've done, you're doing the junior stuff, you're doing some youth hockey. We did the last two weekends. Um, and now really it's all about giving back. I would assume 
um, working so, with the younger and up and comings? Yeah. So once I, once I kind of figured out my carrot was gone and had came to reality with that and tried to figure out what one of my mentors goes, well, go have a baby. Then you'll find a new purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, that was, he's like, that's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. And you don't understand until you have it. So just go have a baby and it'll be fine. And I was like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was his advice and we were married. So it was okay, whatever. But, um, so then, um, the other thing that I, like my kids, like mm-hmm. I, I, I put a lot of time into my kids and effort because you should, and yep. I'm responsible for them. And then, and I like them too. I like them. I love them. <laughs> um, but the other thing was that I did, I did do a lot of, I, I did a lot of mentoring and um, evaluation and stuff like mm-hmm. that before, but it really did give me more time to do it after. Um, yeah. And I've, I'm pretty proud of some of the kids that, I, I mean, literally like one of my kids is, you know, she's, she's got her own job and she's all grown up now, but she was 12 when I got her as an mm-hmm. official and got to mentor her and do different things but that's i i say that's how i get my my warm and fuzzies now yeah like i'm not i'm not going anywhere like i'm you yeah. know i'm as good as i'm getting right now like yeah. that's it but i I'd, I'd love to see anybody I, i'd love to help anybody i can and then see them surpass me that would be my ideal goal yeah i mean and and that's you know when we're in the positions in our careers where we're at now um like even myself like I work a couple of games in the coast here and there, but my goal now is to um, better the officiating in our state. And then the next guy that, that wants to chase the carrot um, to you, to steal, you know, your term there. um, That's what I want to do. I want to be able to, and, and as all, all senior officials, like this is just, isn't myself and Kelly, like, when we're on the the down part of our career it's it's everything that the game has given us it's time to time to give back and and help the next guy go get the experiences that we did because you know the the things that we get to do as officials I, I wouldn't trade anything for what I got to do and the last few days with some of the stuff that's gone on in the officiating world I've been talking to some of the guys that um, mentored me and um one in particular i i'm not gonna throw names out there or anything but he gave me my my shot at working pro hockey and i'm forever grateful to for him and letting me get those experiences that i've had that you know i wouldn't trade for anything and you know your your mentor there um you mentioned uh, greg right was the guy that called you to work wcha when you first started and then after the olympics you get to go sit and talk to him like how cool is that like getting to sit there and like kind of reflect on he's the one that called you to come work college hockey and then you you know you make it all the way to the top of the mountain yeah so developing officials is really what's what's next I guess for for all of us in the in the more senior role so it just makes you feel good to see somebody else get an opportunity Mm -hmm. whether whether it's something you had to do with or not just be proud of them I mean you're like it just it's a mama duck thing it's just yep (laughs) (laughs) well you know you're certainly uh mom in the room bringing in your uh your (laughs) snacks and um (laughs) 
the oil that you've been uh you're like here let me uh use this for the swelling i just gotta i gotta fix everybody make sure everybody's fed and make sure you feel good that's all (laughs) well you know we certainly appreciate it that's for sure it's it's definitely been um a breath of fresh air having uh official like yourself come down and join our team here in florida and obviously those of you that are watching the podcast on on youtube or getting to see her background with with the swimming pool and the trees and the sun's out <laughs> so y'all can be y'all up north can be can be jealous of uh of us down here in florida getting to enjoy the sun or you and just g- come visit man yeah um, exactly everyone's everyone's <laughs> more than welcome come on down they've got um, some really amazing officials down here in southwest florida it's yeah. like a hidden gem we don't want to tell anybody about it though do we? oh i know i tell you <laughs> these and, guys are amazing down here and we we have the so without really diving into um, the high school state championships, the, the staff that we had for our high school state championships, I, and a few people that I've talked to this about like Randy and, and our state supervisor, that staff could go work a national tournament just of all Florida officials. And it'd be one of the best, you could have like the guys that we had on our roster. So yeah, we are kind of a hidden gem as far as hockey officials go. Cause when you, when you think of hockey and you, you know, Florida is one of the last things you think of. And um, yeah, we, we definitely have a crew down here. That's for sure. I wasn't even going to bring my hockey bag and then I am pretty glad I did. <laughs> oh, we're, Oh, we're all glad you did. That's for sure. <laughs> So I, I guess with that, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing, um, you know, your experiences. Um, actually, I got, I got to ask you one thing. What's throughout your career, what's one good story that you can think of on the spot that you'd like to share? Because oh. I always like to try to get one, like something funny that happened, maybe a one-liner with a player, anything. Oh, I'm trying to think like I was telling, I, I got a few of them, but I'm trying to think of what's about like never, never on the spot. Come on, Ross. Um, <laughs> um, there was a, there was a game. We drove to Spooner, Wisconsin and it was Dean Brandt and myself. And he was one of my mentors and we, we drove to Spooner and we got there and it was supposed to be a one, two game, right. For a junior MJHL or MNJHL. Now they renamed the league. Um, so junior B and they get kind of messy and they fight used to be able to do one fight and then mm-hmm. sit for five minutes and the second fight you go home. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of it is we did offside pass and touch icing yep. during that, during that time too. I think I told you about this locker mm-hmm. room the other day. So we're, we get to the rink and our partner's not there. So we start making calls. Well, Spooner doesn't have a whole lot of officials that were around there. So we couldn't get a hold of anybody. So Dean's like, well, we'll just do a one, one then. Well, as a one, one, yeah, well, as a one, one, um, in a one, two system, like in a, in a, you know, offside pass touch icing, the linesman does all the work. Like there's a lot of work. You have to do the offside pass. You do the touch icing, you do the, um, offsides. I mean, like it's a lot of work. The referee does still calls the penalties and does some other things, but you're doing a lot of skating. Yeah. You're doing way more than the ref is. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we go out there, we do a one, one get done with the game i'm just gassed and he's laughing at me you know because i'm young and he's not and he just thinks that's great (laughs) he's gonna show me and i you know i learned a lot i didn't like him at that time but i appreciate him now and um so then i'm in um i'm doing the pre-olympic tour for um 
I think it was for Turin. And I'm going around doing games and I'm in Chicago and at the United Center. And I'm out there and um, Krista Knight from Wisconsin is a referee. I'm linesing with Shelky Brown, who's from Illinois. And the three of us are out there doing the game. It's USA Canada game in the, the United Center. So we get out there and Shelky, there's a face-off like in the third period, I don't know how much time is left. And mm-hmm. the face-off comes up and a stick gets caught in her half shield and cuts her right by the eye. So there's blood gushing all oh, over my her face because it's a, it's a facial wound. It's not going to stop yeah. bleeding, right? So she has to get off the ice. She would have she would have finished if there wasn't so much blood because the girl's yeah. tough, I'm telling you. Yeah. So she gets off the ice because she's got to get stitched up, right? And they trying to stop the bleeding. So we clean up Kennedy's from uh, University of Minnesota and Julie Chu. They're all helping me clean up blood off the ice so we can get the game going. So Krista looks at me and she goes, what do we do? And I go, well, we're going to do a one, one. <laughs> she goes, what? And I go, it's okay. I did it last week. It's no problem. I, just I got this. And then you, yeah, I go, I got this. So it was, I mean, like everything, I, I relate everything to hockey in life. Yeah. My kids, every, you know, like life experiences, everything. I've learned so much in hockey through officiating. It, it just plays out. So sometimes you don't like what you're going through in, in the world or on the ice or whatever, but you know what? There's always a, I'd rather learn it in a junior game in Spooner, Minnesota, where nobody's going to yell at me for doing the wrong thing uh-huh. than on the United Center where Matt Leaf and the whole world is watching because it's televised and it's a big, big group Yeah, and mess up there. So it worked out okay. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's just, yeah. and it's funny, like that one and one in Spooner was supposed to happen because it, it needed to, it was meant to be. Yeah. It just it's it's too too much of a coincidence for it not to have supposed to have happened. And it so was literally like two weeks or a month later or something like that. Like it was so super funny. close. Yeah. Uh, unreal. So again, with that, thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. We greatly appreciate your time. I hope all of our listeners really enjoy um, listening to your story. And uh, with that, we'll go back to the main episode. Thanks so much for having me, Russ. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kelly. Um, she moved down to Florida back like October, I think is what she had said. Um, I recently got to meet her one on one, like in person. Um, and it's been an absolute blast getting to know her the last few weeks, um, getting to skate with her and uh, and just shoot the breeze and She's an awesome person. I am so excited to have her part of our officiating team here in Florida. Um, So I really hope all you guys enjoyed the interview. With that, I think Brendan has an ad read for SIG Hockey. Yeah, we got a shout out SIG Hockey here. Are you in the market for new equipment? SIGHockey.com is your newest source for pro stock NHL and NCAA hockey gear. SIG Hockey is offering Team Stripes listeners 10% off their first first purchase with code stripes 10 that's stripes 10 for 10 percent off your order at sig hockey that's sig s-i-g hockey.com well folks with that i don't really have anything else to say ross unless you have any final thoughts say we um, wrap up this episode with a bow on it so i i do want to say um congratulations to all of those that are getting to go work usa hockey nationals I think at this point, everyone that is working has been notified. Yeah, because I was told, I was asked and had to decline, so I'm pretty sure all the yeah, final so points have been Yeah, so congratulations sent. to everyone working nationals. 
Um, all of the guys that are out there grinding in the North American League, the NA3, the USHL, keep working at it. NA3 guys, your playoffs are about to start. Null guys, your playoffs are about to start. I think oh, USH. I'm sorry. Null still has a month. Oh, Null still has a month. All right. Yeah. Well, all you yeah. Null guys and and USHL guys, keep grinding, fellas. Um, it's March. About tomorrow's going to be April. Um, I get it. I've been there. I know how you guys are feeling right now. Keep plugging away. Uh, all our minor pro guys as well out there, Coast League, American League. Uh, keep at it, fellas. Um, the light's at the end of the tunnel. Keep working hard. Make sure you get playoffs. And uh, I mean, that's really all I got. So again, congratulations to all the guys working you guys and girls mm. going to USA Hockey Nationals. Um, we have a few people that have been on the podcast that are working. So it's um, yeah. With that, I think that's all I have, and I hope uh, everyone has a great week. And we'll be back next week with more of the Team Stripes podcast. <laughs>